0: Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Peru. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose and to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? Welcome back to a new week of Out of the Bubble Podcast. My name's Rachel Peru and as always we have a really interesting guest with a fascinating subject that I know lots of people, have had lots of conversations with friends and other women that are going through the perimenopause and menopause and have decided that actually alcohol is not working for them anymore and it doesn't make them feel very good. So today we are talking to Claire Owen, the Soberholic. Claire is a lady that by her own admission four years ago she was drinking 100 units of alcohol a week which is about 10 bottles of wine a week and slowly made that decision to cut it out of her life completely. She has been sober for the last four years and the benefits to her life has been immense and it's really changed things around for her and she feels so much better. She now helps other women through her membership group and Facebook, she's written a book and she really encourages other women to stop and have a think about their drinking habits and see if it really is doing them any good, and if it's a time to maybe address some of that. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation today with Claire. So grab a coffee and sit back and enjoy. So welcome, Claire. It is so nice to finally have you on the podcast. How are you doing? Um, I'm just a little bit in awe, if I'm honest. I'm really
1: excited to be invited to come and chat to you. I've been kind of watching you unfold and
0: just been a little bit... I'm a little bit starstruck if I'm honest. (laughs) Don't be. It's only me, as you will find out in this next time that we have together. And we kind of connected about six months ago. And likewise, I've been following your journey. And I did a little bit about you in the introduction. But how do you describe yourself to people? Well, it's
1: interesting because I would always lead with sober coach. But recently, when I've been on the radio, the radio presenters have been seeing an alcohol-free life coach. Which I'm just going to take that badge instead because that's really what it's about. It's about I'm a life coach, but my main target is her who
0: thinks that she's not bad enough to quit drinking alcohol. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about this morning. And what about what about Claire, the person? If you could choose three words to describe yourself, what would they be and why? Oh, that's interesting. I think
1: when you asked me that in the email, I was sat with it for a while, and I think the only Way to really sum it all up now is a lifelong learner. So I love to learn. I home educate my children, which people are equally as horrified with that idea as not drinking alcohol. But it just unfolded quite naturally. And I love to learn. I feel I'm on a personal development journey since I stopped drinking. And yeah, that's pretty much who I am. I'm here to hopefully to learn from you. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I I talk to so many women, particularly women that are either perimenopausal or menopausal, that get to this stage in life when actually alcohol just does not agree with them. And I know myself, I I very rarely drink now because when I do, even one glass of wine gives me a thick head and makes me very tired. So this conversation has come up in my peer group a lot about not, not drinking alcohol anymore because it doesn't make them feel good. But, you know, can you tell us a bit about your backstory, about how this all started and why you did take that decision to to quit alcohol?
1: Well, I would have classed myself as a typical binge drinker. I was living for the weekends, but I was also drinking it through the week. And my typical week would be probably a bottle of wine most days, maybe a day off through the week, maybe less one day, but certainly more another day. And it just, it wasn't necessarily itself looking like that was the problem, but I had many other problems. The business I was running wasn't what I wanted it to be. I I was stuck in between knowing whether I wanted to grow my business or to just walk away. And I couldn't make a decision and stick to it. I think that was my main problem. And because my life to other people it looked it looked good. I was, you know, I was managing other people's properties. I had my own properties. It looked probably easy, but inside I was under a lot of stress that I was actually in control of. I was putting myself in that position and not really knowing how to get out of it. Instead, I was just relying on that wine to kind of get me through. Like that mummy needs wine culture. And -hmm. it wasn't until a friend came back in my life and she wanted somewhere to live. And I set her up in this property and we got chatting again. And I thought what she needed was a good night out, a new top and a night out. And as I spent more time with her, I realized that drink had actually got, got a hold in her. And it broke my heart because at one time it was all about glamour, hair, makeup, outfits. And now none of that seemed important to her anymore. And it actually frightened me. It frightened me to the point where I actually started questioning what I called fun. And, like, really seeing it through a different lens. And so I got inspired for we to stop drinking together. And we did that together for a while. I found it really hard. It wasn't the physical part I need a drink. It was just that it was ingrained in every area of my life. It was everywhere. And I could see it. And I kept thinking for her because it was more of a physical, you know, if you could say her problem was worse than mine could have said that from outside that's what it looked like yet I was drinking more than her we were drinking the same stuff so for the first time instead of blaming the person I started questioning the
0: juice <laughs> yeah
1: you know and, and then I started looking at my relationship with my husband and many of the problems we had were down to alcohol whether it was my fault or his fault it didn't really matter it was if it hadn't been for the alcohol I wouldn't be having that situation. So yeah. I just started to question this thing that I thought was the glue holding my life together. And it took a long time. It took a long time to unpick it. And I tried to cut down for a while. And that looked okay. But I just felt like I was constantly had the brakes on. And I'm I'm probably more of an all or nothing person. I'm in or I'm out. And I didn't feel the same just kind of holding back. I don't know. I've just something changed. I just questioned it. And so I decided to try life without it. And once I got to a point where I paid off the sleep overdraft, I started to feel the benefits. I just started to look better and feel better about myself. And I think that was what I was missing. I didn't know that that was what I was missing when I was drinking. Um, So it, it was a long process. And I'm four years now. My husband's joined me. He's nearly two years without alcohol. And it's just changed everything i feel like i've got a brand new life it's, everything looks different
0: it's interesting because um lots of people will have just done dry january um, you know myself included i don't drink a lot anyway but lots of people will do that for a month and they will feel better but then they slowly start drinking again because it's so ingrained in our culture, especially in the UK. I think it's a very British thing to, a night out includes alcohol. And if you don't drink, there's a lot of pressure and almost a stigma against you. As if, why, why do you not want to have fun? How hard was it socially for you to, to stop and for friends to understand why you were doing it and see the benefits?
1: It was really hard. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think... That's the problem because we're in it together and we're all sharing this drinking thing together. When you stand up and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. You're almost saying to everyone else that they have a problem.
0: Yeah,
1: it, It's really hard, but I think it's a, it's a deep and honest look at yourself first. That's the most important thing to get it right in your own head. And then when you feel comfortable to have the conversation with the people in your life that matter. Because what you'll find is, yes, you've got these friends who you get together and you have a drink with. They don't need to understand. They don't need to understand. You do not need to convince other people this is about you. And maybe now they don't understand and they might ask why. When they see you in three months, they'll be asking how. Yes. How are you doing this? Yeah,
0: why do you look so good?
1: <laughs> it's not even about how you look. It's how accepting you are of yourself. It's not that, you know, like if for me, if if. My motivation was weight loss. I would have given up like month one, month two, month three, because that doesn't come until much later. It's the sleep overdraft first, which improves your energy to do the things that you enjoy doing. It's not like pushing yourself at the gym harder. It's not hitting yourself with a bigger stick. It's really just
0: embracing who you are and learning to love yourself, which is everything that you're about. That's what I see. Yeah, no, it is. And it's interesting because you you said at the beginning about alcohol is almost like a release to you. And it's very much really the message at the moment in the media. It's all about women going out for Prosecco hour or, you know, there's lots of memes about it. There's lots of gift cards, birthday cards. It's all surrounded around girls having a great time and you, you deserve that drink. And it's how do you shift that mindset from people? Because it's not about, it shouldn't be a treat. A treat should be You looking after yourself and doing what makes you feel good. And that doesn't have to include alcohol. Absolutely.
1: And isn't it about getting that little bit older and maybe thinking about the next five years and what will this look like then? Like that's the thing, isn't it? That's what scared me. I was coming up at the age where my dad died. He was 45 when we lost Mm -hmm. him, which I always knew was young, but it felt a lot younger as I was approaching that age myself. Yeah. And just starting to be more health conscious. You know, I was the type of person who would try going to the gym for three weeks before I went on holiday and think that that was going to be some sort of miraculous, you know, it, but that was all about how I looked. Now it's about how I feel. And, and I think it's really recognizing even those couple of glasses of wine. Think about before you have them, what is it that you're really craving? Like, what is it that you want? Oh, I just want to put an end to my, my work day and start my evening. You could do find another way, you know, if there's other ways. And have you tried really hard to just strike yourself? Maybe we tried really hard during January because it's like a collective consciousness, everybody's talking about it. It's okay, then, yeah. But it's how you approach it if you're doing it in a way where you're denying what you really desire, or are you thinking, well, actually, yes, I am craving connection, but instead of having a bottle of wine and texting a couple of friends, why well, don't I? make a cup of tea pick up the phone and chat to someone like you can get your connection in another way it's really getting to know yourself and thinking what is it that I'm really craving and how else can I actually scratch that itch you know like I first the first thing I missed was the glamour of getting dressed up on a night out because through the week I was going to the tip I was ripping up carpets I was mm-hmm. painting flats and you know doing all of the dirty stuff so I, I wanted that glamour of getting dressed up painting my nails and putting the lippy and the earrings in and it took a long time to recognize that even though i thought i was getting that what usually ended was the night didn't look glamorous actually after about nine o'clock
0: yeah
1: (laughs) you know and, and really was i getting what i wanted and if i missed that i'm in control i can have that every day if i want you know i can get dressed up i can Play with my hair, my makeup, my clothes. I can do that without having to go to the pub. Like, it's really getting to know what it is that you want, what you're missing. You know, health was top of mind during COVID. Finances is top of mind now. So think about how much you'd save. Like, do the calculation. How much money would you save and what could you have instead? So you've got this great big carrot that you're running towards. You know, it's like you're trading. People are going and they're trying different, you know, t- Botox, different things to try and look at,
0: try three months without alcohol and let's see what yeah. that looks like. It's yeah. just another thing to try. I do think it is with women like yourself. I do think it's, it's becoming a lot more easier for people to accept in society. They are starting to understand that actually you don't need to have alcohol in your life and you can, the benefits are, are there in black and white. But you could have very easily gone down this path and carried on your life and and carried on doing what you're doing but what was the decision what what was behind the decision to actually then go and help other people because you could have just stopped there and, and carried on but you've actually taken it further and become a life coach you now help other people go through this process what made you what was the trigger for that i think we teach what we want to learn don't we
1: and i think part of feeling um i remember embracing how I felt and that's that idea that my friends didn't understand think about it we're not necessarily that we're all the same age we're at a different stage aren't we so other friends might not be the same stage as you but opening a group on Facebook was my way to find other women at that same stage who wanted to know who were curious enough and of course once that's momentum built up my friends came and they you know were watching from the shadows but it was just a chance for me to ingrain what I was learning and to share the joy with other people. Because it's almost like I kept saying, I remember at the beginning saying, if one of my friends felt this good and didn't tell me that it was so simple, you know, like if it was a, it, it almost feels sometimes like it's a magic pill, you know, because you have the energy to do what you want to do. You have the boundaries in place to say no with no guilt. Yeah. You know, like even Christmas. I know I would have spent loads more on my kids had I been drinking because it would have been like a guilty exchange without me even consciously being aware of it at the time. You know, I deserve this. So, okay, then I'll give you that. Even though I don't really think that you, you should have it because we can't afford it or whatever boundary there is. The boundaries just are non-existent. And as well, like being the same person on a Monday as you're on a Friday, that's priceless because that didn't happen when I yeah. was drinking. It was like I would overpromise and then underdeliver.
0: And that just leaves you on a pattern of self-loathing. And I was in control of all of it. All yeah. of it. And it is that self-destruct, isn't it? And I can really relate to that. When I got divorced at 40, I had probably about 18 months where I did drink far too much. And that was my release. And I went, I turned to it as a way of thinking, oh, you've got through the day, have a glass of wine. And actually the decisions I made in that period of time. I wouldn't have made, there's no doubt, I wouldn't have made a lot of the decisions I made in those 18 months if, I, if I'd have been sober. And I look back now and when I did stop and I did start going to the gym and co- completely changed my lifestyle, I felt so much better for it. And then it was only then that life turned around again.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting because I meet so many women and I could be included in that. I'm second time married. So my first marriage... I believe it was a little bit of a father figure. My dad died, so I went out and found that father figure, right? When I look back with, you know, these wise eyes. Yes. I didn't know that at the time. And so he was a lot of the control in my life. And when I moved away from that, I could do what the hell I wanted and I was going to do what the hell I wanted, right? So it was almost like sticking two fingers up to the world. I can until I got a bit tired and thought, oh. No one's coming. No one's yeah. going to stop this. Right. In my second marriage, he's so laid back, so laid back. I, you know, it's like a different, a different relationship. And so it's time to parent yourself. And I think many women who've been maybe in a controlling relationship or married young and then had that sense of freedom. And sometimes get in their own way because of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, there comes a time when we have to actually parent ourselves. Some people wait until they hit rock bottom, but hopefully, like we're evidence that that's not necessary. You can choose this as a lifestyle because you want something different to the most people. You want something. It it could be like your your extra edge, isn't it? It's like that. Well, just that extra energy, and clarity, yeah. and focus. You know, and especially because most people. On sober so therefore
0: bring it on even better what's your kind of age group have you got a predominant age group that you work with or is there a real mixture
1: i think it's my i would say i aim for women over 45 because mm. i feel as if it's something happens when they're 40 i do have clients younger but i don't think they're as committed something happens i think over 40 like around that like 43 44 Wish where mm. I think something changes, and I don't know whether that's just me or or I'm seeing that. But I also have a lot of clients who are like 60s and 70s who wish they'd done this years ago. Um, I think it's definitely from the latter culture. It, yeah. A lot of the people who are attract are strong personalities with very successful businesses and ambitious women, and they're actually managing really well. Hold it all together um you know they're exhausted absolutely exhausted
0: yeah
1: and this is going to find that ex. you know part of them might say don't take me wine it's all I've got I would have said that I would have said that but actually I was running a business that I didn't even want to run I was but my head was down and I just was keep going keep going where when I stopped and looked up and I thought I don't even want to do this I made this decision 10 years ago. I'm not the same person anymore. don't want this. It doesn't look like what I thought it would. It needs to stop. And I was looking after 50 properties for other people. So you can imagine sending the emails and saying, I've made a decision. I'm not doing this anymore as of next month. And like, it's a hard decision to say I'm going to do it. Because to yeah. other people that go, well, it's working. you're making all this money. Well, I know, but I don't want it. I don't want to listen to when people's drains are blocked. I don't want to yeah.
0: I don't want that responsibility and pressure.
1: I just want to be glamorous and I want to chat to people about improving their lives. And, you know, property is a lot about people. You yeah. meet people in the transition period when they're coming and going from relationships. And I think that's what attracted me initially. And then I just got, I ended up being like a maintenance coordinator and it wasn't where I felt at my best, where I needed to stop and look at my life and say look i've designed this and i can change it i can change it it's going to take time but i can change it and that's what i did and it's ongoing it's ongoing it's not i'm not there yet
0: um it's ongoing yeah and i think it's that 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 that's really important point actually that, that you're not there yet and maybe you never will be it's yeah. always it's a continuous journey isn't it it's like myself with body confidence You are never 100% body confident. It's always going to be a roller coaster. It's always going to be ups and downs, but it's a journey you're on and you just stay on it and and see how it develops and grows. And that's something about trusting yourself, isn't it? And trusting the process that you're on.
1: It's trusting it and keep staying in alignment with what you're doing. Because I think at any time, and I know these at the turn of the year it's always good to do a, a bit of a self-assessment and think like right, where am I where am I heading whether you're drinking or not mm-hmm. with your business with your health with with all of the things and, and it's just nice to just take that snapshot now I said before we press record that I love what I do I love promoting my book but actually I want to talk to the women who are sober now what I want to spend time with her like you know if you want to stop drinking, read the book, come and find me on YouTube, follow my Facebook group. But my one one service now, moving forward, is going to be, I'm sober, now what? Yeah. Like, what am I going to do with all this energy and time? And I have these dreams, I'm ready to say them out loud, how do I get from where I am to there? And that's what excites me. So I
0: love that. And so let's talk about the book as well. I mean, you bet you when you first started this whole journey, you could never imagine that you'd have been writing a book. So tell me about that. Well, it kind of happened backwards because of the Facebook um group.
1: I did a lot of training and I did a lot of um like online programs myself, learning how to do how to speak, how to tell a story, and and just how to share my message. And so I started doing that in, on live videos. And then I used the live videos to create an online program. And I started selling the program and it was selling and brilliant. But then I thought, well, what I really need is people to have a little taste of me before the commit, you know? So the idea came, obviously, probably would have been better to do it that way first to write the book. So I went through everything. And I think because I'm probably more vocal, a bit of a gobshite, I like to talk. If you tell us to sit and write it down, I'm maybe easy distracted. I have to have felted pens and have all of these coloured clipboards to keep keep myself interested. So maybe the way that it happened was the best way for me. And the chapters of the book are the modules of my programme. And in there, I share about, like, what was it that really got me to be congruent with my message? You know, I said before that me talking about how good I feel really ingrained it but then I sat and I had a client who was had learning difficulties she was 38 years old and she um came into my world and spent time with her and it really really got me thinking about where do people go if they want to stop like AA wouldn't have been right for her in the level of the level of client I'm aiming for she wouldn't go to AA there's a lot of shame attached it's not even that there's a crisis situation. This is just a good time party girl who's kind of
0: just now relying on it for too many reasons. That's the, th- that's the interesting thing because obviously, you know, you get to a certain point before you go to AA, and that's a process in itself, isn't it, that people get there in their own time. But not everybody is at that stage, but they still would be better without drinking. So how do you get How do you, do people get to that point and change their mindset when they come to you and they say, you know, I'm not drinking that much, but.
1: Yes. So this is similar to the lady who had the learning difficulties. And I felt like, because it really helped me to get my message clear because I didn't want to pitch it that she wouldn't understand. And I used her as my very first client is to say, does this make sense? And she'd be like, yes. And so I knew then, okay, I can share it with other people. But there's five steps. I mean, the five women in my book, and they're on the cushion behind me, if I can show you my cushion. Yes. Yes, do. Glamorous. I love it. Glitzy cushions. Oh, look at that. So These are the five stages that I quickly identified, I went through. So I don't know if you can see. Susie. Yes. Susie believes she's stuck. So, So it spells sober. Susie's stuck. She believes that it's the answer to everything, right? And she doesn't think that she's got a problem she wouldn't go to AA and she wouldn't want to stop what would she want to stop for because she's having a good time but then ollie observes maybe somebody like me or comes across uh, this blog post and thinks well actually you know maybe i could maybe i could improve my life if i cut down those odd few glasses or whatever and then you become bold like bessie and you take action you say i'm gonna do it and many people have done this during dry january but it doesn't, it stops at that stage. You just stay in. And then in February, you're back on it, right? Yeah. Nothing's changed. In fact, probably they drank more in December because they knew it was coming. Yeah. And they drink more in February because they believe they deserve it. Yeah. So nothing has changed. All you've done is prove to yourself that your life's miserable without it. That's what you've done because you've put yourself through something like without alcohol. Whereas Elsie, she takes it a step further where she starts engaging in life. So she catches up with her friends. She invites them for breakfast instead of a night out. She just starts to be a little bit more creative. Maybe she takes the car and she sees what it is that happens when everyone gets drunk. (laughs) You know, she starts to see life a bit differently. She tries alcohol-free alternatives. She books something to do on a Sunday morning. So she starts engaging in a different way of living and realises that actually not everyone is getting drunk every weekend, not everyone is relying on this stuff, and life is quite good without it. And when you look back, and this is when you find yourself telling other people, oh, just stop, and you're, you're the teacher now, you're rebalanced like Riley, and you can take it or leave it, that's the difference. We're not taking a label and saying never, ever again. This can be like Slimming World, where you're, you know, like the same concept, I'm doing it for a certain length of time, I'm dipping in, dipping out with no shame yeah no shame you could have a wedding that you're building yourself up to, and you want to look amazing so you drop the drink and then you maybe drink at the wedding and then you've got a holiday so you come back it's it, it's even if that is it that's fine
0: But i love them, that i love that, is that that's brilliant
1: i mean get here and then not want to go back here you can't go back i mean these These circles allow you to go back, but actually you can't unsee what you've seen when you've actually been out sober. You can't, you can't like get past that.
0: And what I love is that you really are practicing what you preach. And, and, you know, I've seen you over the last six months, you're flourishing now and you've got so many exciting things ahead. So let's talk about kind of how your life is changing and some of the things that you're doing now that you probably never would have imagined doing. And I know that, you know, you and I are fellow silver... Grey haired women championing the, the grey hair, looking fantastic. But, you know, you'd like to explore lots of different activities and, and try new things. So let's have a little chat about what you've got coming up. Absolutely. And I think it gives permission to other, to others to go for their dreams. So
1: it, there's like a twofold, isn't it? And I think it came from when I embraced my grey hair and it was when I stopped drinking for the last time, I decided that, well, I won't be going anywhere. So I'm going to lift the gray, lift the dark brown. So the process started to lift it. And like, if anyone's done that, it can go orange. You've got to sit with it. It's horrible. So I thought, well, that's it. I'm not going out and I'm not going to be drinking, let's go through this process. Right. And so I got to the blonde. I was never really happy. I was terrified in case it was this yellow colour, you know. So I, I just, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy, but it was something to do. It was something else to focus on. And I got long blonde hair, which all snapped off. <laughs> <laughs> and then lockdown came and I said, right, just cut it all off. And I actually get my hair cut now at the barbers where my boys go. So it's just so different from the whole three weeks dye sitting yeah. in a hairdresser and sh-
0: oh. All it's, the money you spend, yeah. It, it is I'm liberating. i about it's another... boots on a sunny day
1: and just, and I don't know about you, but I would have my hair done and think, well, I must, I'll
0: have to go out
1: because I'm having my hair done.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you spent all that money on it, so you feel guilty that you're having to do this every three or four weeks. That's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's yet yeah, another thing too, to add some guilt on to the fact that you're spending money on yourself that really you could do without doing. It's I yeah. found it really liberating.
1: It is, isn't it? And I think there's something different when you have a compliment of something that you've embraced that's yours. It's not like you've had, like I used to have hair extensions and people mm-hmm. say, oh, your hair's lovely. And you go, oh, thank you. I paid £300 for that. Yeah. Where if they say, oh, I love your hair, you go, oh, like it's mine, it's yours, the mask's off. And there's something special about that.
0: Yeah. Three. So, yeah, so now tell me about what you've been up to because I, oh, well, I, I, I do. Dream, my dream is to follow your <laughs> footsteps. I would love to be a grey hair model.
1: And obviously, for part of my book and the launch and doing all of the PR that I've been involved in, I have had photo shoots and I had a photo shoot for my own brand and photography, which I absolutely loved. I had all the mood boards out and, you know, colors, deciding yeah. what to do, can create. And I loved all of that. And then I was invited to go down to London. I had a photo shoot with the Daily Mail. And that was amazing. And now, next month, I'm going No, the end of this month, I'm going to London for a photo shoot for Prima magazine. But this time, instead of it being about, instead of it leading with the alcohol, it's about my hair. Fabulous. And it's about saying, like, embracing yourself, feeling good over body. and, And just, you know, that it's, it's just a different stage of life. It, it, it feels, I feel better than I have it, like, forever. I can't remember feeling this good. I think when I was younger, I had so many insecurities. So now it's like I can just embrace who, who I am. I'm not trying to make myself different. I'm not pulling my hair straight.
0: And it just feels liberating. Sometimes. I love that. I love this story. I love it so. I'm so excited about it because we need to hear more positive role about more positive role models about women of our age group. Because there's so much doom and gloom about midlife, and and obviously there's physical changes with perimenopause and menopause. And yes, some people really suffer with that. But also, it can be an amazing stage in life where you do have these bulb moments where you think, okay. This is my time now, and I'm going to go and embrace everything that comes along, which is exactly what you seem to be doing, which I think is fantastic to hear. It gives permission to other people as well, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, That's it packed. really does. Because it's
1: almost like you're doing it and then talking about it as well. It just takes it to another level because you can do it and let your dreams come true, but the, the, the real juice comes when you share that this is what I wanted and I told them before before these photo shoots, before this was in place. I said I said it out loud because I'm in, encouraging my clients to do that. Yeah. We've all got dreams, and for many many years, you think about the little girl blowing out the birthday candles. Don't tell anyone you wish, where it's kind of turning that on its head and saying, "Look, who can help me get my dreams to come true? Who can? Who's been there? Who can I follow in their footsteps?" Yeah, that that's what I'm inspiring my clients to go for because everyone's dreams are different. Not everyone wants to go grey. Not everyone wants to stop drinking. But whatever your dreams are, then
0: like go for it. You don't need permission. No. We we'll wait for permission, don't we? Yeah, we do. um I think women are really, really bad bad at waiting for stuff and and well, it's that start thinking that they're not that they don't deserve it. Almost it's that it's what knowing your worth, think? isn't it?
1: What will people think? We have no yeah. idea what people think. I'd like to think that people think, go on there, go for it, you know, yeah. do, do what makes you happy. And yeah. the people who don't care, they don't care anyway. <laughs> so they exactly. just get on with their lives. So. And I think
0: it's really important that if you do have these dreams that you reach out to other people like you, so like you and I started talking six months ago, having these conversations and, and making connections with people because people usually that are that little bit ahead of you in doing what they're doing, something that you might want to do, they're usually really keen to help others and lift you up. No one's going to turn around and say, oh, I'm not going to tell you anything. People want to help each other. I mean, you do get the odd time. I remember at the very beginning, of my sober coaching idea, and
1: I reached out to somebody else who was doing that as a business, and she was very much, well, you know, this is my business. And, you know, the door was very clearly closed. And mm. fair enough, that's maybe she's had her toes tripled on before mm. or something. But, you know, I would like to think that, you know, like like that person who's running at the beginning of January, and someone you know at the gym is is really fit. They they look and they remember. Like yeah. you remember, I know because your career didn't start that long ago. Tell me about that. That I'm interested in. Yeah, it.
0: no, I didn't start. I didn't start uh, just before my was just the end of uh, my 46th year. So just before I was 47, I started. Yeah, which is um, I'm 52 now. So five or six oh. years ago. Yeah. And it seems like I've been doing it for so long now because it's something that I'm so passionate about and I absolutely love the work that I'm doing. It feels like I'm at the right place at the right time for me. Yeah. But that's been part of a journey as well. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have had the confidence to have done this when I was younger.
1: Of course. And I think it's known that sometimes you've got to put yourself forward and be prepared for the knockbacks because I have. I've been knocked back. I've put myself forward a couple of things. And it was really funny because there was one opportunity in the set they sent like the list and straight away, I presumed I was going as the mum. And they said, no, you're the athletic. They wanted somebody to be like an astronaut. They said, no, you're the athlete," And I was like, you know how we put ourselves yes. in a position and like, because I mean, I used to be like four or five sizes bigger, like mm-hmm. than I am now, but my brain would still automatically put myself Do you see what I mean? Where she she said, no, 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 even though I didn't get it, I took that as a massive compliment, that from my physique, she called me athletic.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, wow. (laughs) It's like all the little steps, isn't it? Although I didn't get the job, I've been knocked back a couple of times, but it's just having the
0: the confidence to put yourself forward isn't it and- absolutely and not fearing that rejection because honestly I mean particularly in the model industry you get rejected so many times I get put forward for jobs you know every day and some of them come off some of them don't and it's nothing personal but it's just about putting yourself out there and just going for it and they'll either like you or, they'll, 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 or they, or they, you're not right for that job but it's nothing personal I think that's yeah. the thing it's having that not having that fear and don't let it hold you back cause,
1: well, we talk about that in my membership about rejection and thinking of it as redirection instead. So it's like, you know, you're putting yourself forward, you're learning the process, you feel, and, and you're right sometimes at the beginning, it was like, stop everything else until I find out if this is the thing. And then after a while, yeah, put me forward. If I hear yeah. back, I hear back. If I don't, I don't. And then it's, you know, it's, it's, it becomes a little bit more just every day yeah.
0: rather than a. Massive big deal where you put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. So <laughs> how ambitious? I'm guessing you're, you're very ambitious for the future. How ambitious are you, are you for a soberholic and the work that you do? Where would you like to see you grow in the next five years? A goal is to travel with my children. So we do home
1: educate, and like when I go to London at the end of the month, one of my boys are coming with me, and we're going to do a little bit of an art tour. Um, so the dream is to travel with them. And to take my book, take if I'm modeling and obviously that like to have a reason. And I'm very resourceful. So the idea of that, if I'm going there anyway, I can add on like something else. Um, Would love to to like dig deeper into the family tree and travel mm-hmm. looking into that. And we've got loads of dreams between between us. So it's just about putting ourselves in a position of. Yeah, why not us? Yeah. Why not? Like the two boys are dreaming of being YouTubers and they've got their own got their own things going on and we're, we're working together at the moment actually on a project I'm pulling together um it's called Think and Grow Rich but it's called Think and Grow Rich Fresh so it's for teens so we're studying the principles of success together and that's like well, it's fun we're doing that and one of the the arty one he's doing um some illustrations some people to go with each principal so
0: we've got loads and loads of things in the panel I love that so how old are you boys 11 and 12 right brilliant and my my eldest um was homeschooled from from the age of 13 to 16 slightly different because she had acute anxiety and some mental ill health so she she ended up being homeschooled but you know she 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 did really well she did her exams she did people Still don't quite know what to do with people when you say, oh, I'm homeschooling my children. It's like, oh, OK.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're kind of ripping up the script. We're not following the plan. We're not, I'm not putting the phone. If they want a GCSE, they need a GCSE, the time when that comes yeah. with them, we're do that. But for now, I'm just finding out, letting them unfold and see who they are, what they love, what they enjoy doing, and, yeah. and encouraging them to do more of that and facilitating anything that they want to learn. So, normally, if they come to me in the Townsend, I'll say, Who invented that game? You know, when did they start? Like, to get them to start looking at that little bit more critical thinking and yeah. digging deeper and It's fun. I I really enjoy it. I love that because one
0: size doesn't fit all. There's just different routes to education for everybody. And I think it's really liberating.
1: The reason we did it is because it was part of the plan. We bought a holiday home here in Wales and we came here to renovate the house. There's a school behind here and they went there, but it's Welsh speaking. Mm. So they had to go and do like a language, intensive language course in a, during lockdown the centre for that closed so we kind of lost a bit of momentum there and then after that we tried a private school so that we're driving so they could go to an English school and then in the end it was like let's just do it ourselves so we kind of just took all the pressure away and that was about a year and a half ago now and things can change but it's it's what we want it's what makes us all happy and it's um it's working
0: out so Brilliant! We'll do it for as long as it it, it is. So. Yeah, good for you. I love that. So, my last question that I ask all my guests there because I'm really trying to encourage women to be more accepting of themselves and accept compliments easier rather than cringing when somebody says something nice to you. So, if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be?
1: Mm. Um. I'm enthusiastic and I, I'm determined. I think it's. I think that's my. Um, that's an inner compliment. I don't know if you meant like an outside compliment. No, inner
0: compliments are usually the ones that people come up with, and I love that. It's not about on the outside, it's on the inside.
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm enthusiastic and determined when I know what I want. I think that's the key, isn't it, knowing what you want. And I think for such a long time, I could be accused of living someone else's dream, you know. You're trying mm. to make other people happy. You think that's the right way to go as a woman. And often you wake up and you think, what about me? Like, what about what I want? So it's about finding out what you want or, or the opposite of what you don't want, being determined and staying like back in yourself, being enthusiastic and and, and visualizing that dream because I can see us, I can see us traveling, I can see it happening. It's just uh believing in myself and keep pushing with all all
0: of my ideas. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you will, and I look forward to following your journey. there'll, there'll be I'm sure there'll be women listening to this that will be that'll there'll have been lots of different points of our conversation that have kind of hit a nerve that have made them start thinking themselves. What, would you, what piece of advice would you say that somebody that is thinking, oh gosh, maybe maybe that is me. How do I make a change? What can I do?
1: I think the first stage would be, obviously by the book. Yes. So the first chapter, Susie, it's all about letting go of blame. We blame ourselves for things that aren't working out, right? Where I want would to think of it a little bit, more like we've been victim of a marketing technique. We've been, you know, there's been a massive marketing campaign for the the breweries to get the dosh out of our designer handbags, right? Mm-hmm. They've done a great job on us so far, but now it's about getting wise and thinking, when am I drinking? Why am I drinking? What do I want to change? So in chapter with Susie's chapter, we have what's called a habit tracker. So each day, whether you drink or not, just to write down why you're drinking it so you can see that pattern. Is it a reward? Is it because you're stressed every time you speak to your mother? Like, what is it that's making you reach for that drink? That's the first thing. It's just
0: acknowledging where you are um, and knowing that you're not on your own. Yeah. That's and one. how can people come and find you is the, is the next that's important part. Yeah, I'm all of our social media is
1: Claire the Soberholic and I have my website, the Soberholic as well. So anywhere reach out and you can book a call I can speak you one to one I have an offer on at the moment where if you book a call you would get put in my membership for a month for free where you can actually experience what that involves and how much connection and support you actually get from that but you know so the first thing would be to book a call and then uh, after we speak one to one you know things might just change it takes a minute for transformation really Mm. it does it's just drilling into what's going to motivate you often we're breaking into three areas health wealth and relationships which ones nipping you the most and how can removing alcohol help you because it will it's going to help in all areas of your life
0: well thank you so much for sharing and i really love talking to you and i'm looking forward to seeing you in prima magazine i shall get that (laughs) let's keep in touch but yeah thank you so much car it's been an absolute pleasure thanks again take care Well, as always, lots of food for thought there. And if there are moments in that when you're thinking, oh, maybe that's me, maybe I am at a stage where I want to certainly cut down on alcohol or maybe readdress the situation, then starting, like Claire says, with a um, drinking habit diary is a really great, great place to start just to see and just to evaluate where you are right now. But if you are somebody that does want to give up and thinks that it might be time for you to reevaluate stuff, then go and check Claire out, The Soberholic. I will share her links on the notes afterwards. It's definitely not working for me in the menopause. Alcohol just makes me grumpy. It's not good for my mental well-being. It makes me not sleep very well. And even after a couple of glasses of wine, I feel rubbish the next day. So I've definitely, it's for me, it doesn't work. So actually when I look back now, alcohol probably never has worked for me. I've never been good with hangovers. So it's something that conversation that I'm having with lots of friends and women in my uh, Step Out of the Facebook group, definitely that, that people are just deciding actually, no, it's, it's time to give it a miss. So if that's you go and check Claire out she's got lots of great tips and advice I will be back in a fortnight but in the meantime keep being fabulous thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast I hope it's left you feeling inspired if it has why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey supporting and inspiring one another You can also come and say hello on Instagram at rachelpareeron. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration. But in the meantime, keep being fabulous.